Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Now look at my front butt. TV that I remember um, when they showed Creature in 3D on television. Everybody ran yeah. out to the 7-Eleven to get their 3D glasses. And I remember like 20 minutes into the film, I'm like, I can't do this, my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the coolest one they showed on TV back then from the 50s was The Mask, if you remember that one. Yeah. That was put out so on VHS, too, right after that. And 3D yeah. came with a pair of the 3D glasses. Yeah. And the reason that one always that. looked is that movie was was in 3D, but it was like, okay, we're going to show you the movies, and then halfway through, we're going to have a drug trip designed by Salvador Dali. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Good old days. <laughs> and it actually worked great. I mean, I love that you'd have the normal movie, then you'd put the mask on, you'd get like 10 minutes of 3D weirdness, and right when it get to the point where your eyes might start hurting, then they would cut off the... Then they would go back to the normal movie. Well, yeah, because they actually listened to people saying, God damn it, this hurts my fucking head wearing these things. So they were like, all right, so we're not going to make the whole movie 3D, which I think is the same thing they did with, what, Freddy's Dead? Like, most of the movie was normal. Then it was, like, the dream sequences. Put on your fucking yeah, well, 3D glasses. Well, 3D and Freddy's Dead was something they pulled out of their ass at the last second. It's like, how are we going to create a big ending for Freddy? How are we going to create a big ending for Freddy? I know, we'll make it 3D. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That was terrible, too. <laughs> uh, I know there's fans of part th- uh, the last one, but it was terrible. 
I mean, there's parts of it I'm I love, like, but it went. Go ahead. It just went really too like like Looney Tunes cartoony. Him pulling out bed and nails and shit, and <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, you know, it's like. Oh God, that that part was cringeworthy and cringeworthy and a half when she comes on the screen. Her and uh, that other douchebag. Jesus Christ, oh, that, that's what I usually. Yeah, yeah I, that's usually when I want to skip. The right you know, person playing Freddy's adopted dad. Yeah, that was cool. But I mean, you know, the the movies. I have the Freddy three D glasses that promotes uh, house party and deep cover. Oh, that's funny! Holy shit! Oh, there were two versions uh, yeah. of the glasses. One that promoted uh, the hidden and uh, something else that came out at that time, you know, the mainstream movies. And then the other one was like Deep Cover and House Party. Yeah, see, I would have liked the one with the hidden. The one that Con was selling, and I dug through it, and he's like, why are you digging through them? They're all the same. I'm like, screw you. No, they're not. And I was looking, (laughs) and I was like, yes. Because I truly love Deep Cover. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, in House Party 2, that one's good. Yeah, no, that one wasn't bad. <laughs> but, yeah, it was 1983. Return of the Jedi was coming out, but you got a crap look. Once they had a new process that came out that Tony Anthony uh, created... You got Treasure of the Four Three Four Crowns uh, coming at you. Parasite. Yeah, that, that was the classic. Yep. Uh, Jaws 3D. Don't forget Metal Storm, the destruction of Jared Sin, which is my Jared favorite Sin. title. Yeah. I love that name, Jared Sin. If I ever have a kid, that's what I'm naming. I'm naming my daughter or my son Jared Sin. <laughs> Don't <Yeah>. matter. <laughs> And, of course, the one that everyone, even the people that gave the movie bad reviews, said was the best 3D of all of them. Which is? Friday the 13th, Part 3. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. That was headache-inducing to me, too. No, if you actually seen it projected correctly, were the projections yeah, no. had everything set up right, it was beautiful. It didn't give you no headaches. It was the great. It was great, 3D. Yeah, no, I saw it at the Castle Theater in Irvington, which was not uh, known for uh, professionalism. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, the movie's running. It's good. <laughs> there was no syncing going on. There was. No, I mean, you're lucky half the time the dialogue was heard. <laughs> I heard of so, one showing of it. Where this woman jumped and freaked out of the theater saying, There's an eyeball jump on my lap. There's an eyeball jump on my lap. Oh. <laughs> well, people aren't that bright. So. <laughs> well, it looked that good, so it was like, that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm waiting for the um, new Blu-ray release of Friday 3 so I can finally see it in decent 3D because I didn't have a good impression the first time I saw it in theaters which was, like, bad. It was a bad experience. I didn't get the good experience like you. What else? I didn't oh, see you, it, but I've heard a good experience and read about it, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, don't forget Star Chaser. That was another one, The Legend of Orin. That came out in 85, though. That was a little later. Yeah, that one was actually a good damn movie. Yeah. That, that, I, I couldn't let you forget that one, because that was a good 3D one. And then there's this too, one too which we're doing tonight, Space Hunter, Adventures in the okay. Forbidden Zone. Which, I mean, I love this film, because it's like, it's almost like a Pirates of Penzance, the, the energy of it. Like it's so... Dun, yeah. dun, 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 it's dun, dun, like dun, a cross Star Wars and Mad Max. That, exactly, because they end up on a fucking dystopian planet where there's the chemist doing bioengineering, making mutants, and there's cyborgs and scabs, as and they Michael call them, Ironside on the planet. Is the main bad guy. Yes, anything with Michael Ironstein is worth watching. I don't care what it is. Yeah, with no hands and no feet in it, who wants to touch boobies? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, this whole film has, like, a star cast, but we'll get into it once we start. Yeah. This one came out the week after. What was it you looked up a little bit No, it came out a week before. It came out a week yeah, before Return. This is one of the movies Return. they put in as counter-programming for Return of the Jedi. There was this, uh, Octopussy. God, I love yes. that movie. I just wish it was better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, in 1983. This is the first time we could get away with saying pussy. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, yeah, 1983, yeah. it was all. I want to see film. Which one, son? Octopussy. Octa what? Yeah. Pussy! <laughs> <laughs> and you could get slapped for it. <laughs> well, I mean, 1983 was like every movie that you remember from the 80s, most of them came out in 83. And I'm talking like The Outsiders, Scarface, War Games, Flashdance, Big Chill, fucking, as you said, Octopussy, Risky Business, National Lampoon's Vacation, Valley Girl, The Right Stuff. You know, I mean, it was just like yeah, that was a fucking movie after movie. 83 was really the first year that was 200% 80s. Yeah, Trading Places, which was like Wall Street, you know, heroes, you know, like like right there yeah, was like American capitalism. Yeah, that's yuppie scumbag is the hero. Yes, and then you have like Strange Brew, Mr. Mom. Terms of Endearment came out that year. Star 80, Staying Alive. You couldn't get much 80-ers than Staying Alive. It was like, all right, Disco is dead, but here's John Travolta still boogieing his ass off on the screen. Yeah. And then Rumblefish. Some in the 80s, there was, because, I guess it was because Ronald Reagan was in, there was like this love of like cowboys and black and white, like, you know, 1950s-style movies. which gave you like F.B. Hinton kick. Yeah, and it was like we had the film Rumblefish. Then we had Monty Python's yeah, The Meaning of Life. He did uh, Rumblefish, uh, The Outsiders, yeah. and Tex. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, that was like, that was 83. Yentl came out that year. Superman <laughs> 3, another yuppie film. <laughs> and then, of course, with There's the yuppie only film, one thing came I love about y- a Yentl. Andy Betinkin has stated on the record that because of Yentl, he never had to try to get laid ever since after that. <laughs> so I guess something positive came out of it. And Superman yeah, 3, you know, another yuppie film. Movie, like, 
He has a gigantic schmeckle. It's about this big. <laughs> he said, after that, he had no trouble getting laid. <laughs> there you go. Talk about you have a big dick on the screen, and there you go. You're you're set for life. Okay, yeah. well, as I was saying, Superman 3, another yuppie film. And oh, then God. The- that was during the height of uh, uh, Richard Pryor's cocaine movies. Not the worst. Yeah. The worst came out next next year. <laughs> yeah, no, but, yeah, no, that was good. Brewster's Millions I liked. I did like that movie. I don't care what you say. Yeah. But one I'm but talking Superman about 3, is the, up- the toy. Oh, okay. Let's <laughs> not go there. Okay. Superman 3, and then the, the 80s was big on, okay, here's the yuppie film. Now be scared of kids in, in urban settings. What you had, Bad Boy, came out that year. So there was always a counter. Yeah, Scarface, which was, you know, cocaine. Just look at the names that we got out of Bad Boys. Uh, (laughs) You do it. Clancy Brown came out of Bad Boys. Yes. Isai Morales. Yup. Yeah, no, that that, that movie alone, like, just set off, like, a hundred careers. But, so, uh, yeah, that was 1983. And then, of course, in horror, you had Twilight Zone, Cujo, Death Stalker, The Hunger, Rock and Rule, which is not horror, but it's still cool as shit. Mountaintop Massacre, which I still can't believe came out in 83. It just seems like an older film. Psycho yeah. 2, which was, the, which was an awesome fucking sequel to a film that came out in the 50s. Then you have Mausoleum, which is a classic. The List. And, of course, any fans of Frank Frazetta, Fire and Ice came out that year. So there's our rundown I, of I, 1983. Yeah. <laughs> I still wish Stephen had still had the rights to rock and roll. I was at a extreme horror fest because a friend of mine was putting on, and I was looking at Stephen Brio's table, and he's got like, had Ryan Reynolds shit, uh, toe tag <laughs> shit, uh... The guinea pig shit. And then I looked, and oh, right man. in the middle of one tight on Blu-ray, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and that was rock and roll. It stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah. I sadly I don't own a copy of that. that. <laughs> I was like, rock and roll? <laughs> yeah, no, that that's definitely one of my... Uh... On my list of films that I need, that I if I ever see on a table someplace, I'm grabbing. Because it sells out too quick every time it's released. Yeah, the damn thing right. is, I think uh, Unearth, which I own, is uh, is worth about a hundred hundred dollars now. Ugh. Yeah, see, I, I can't I can't keep shelling out. You know, I just shelled out what was it, two hundred for the fucking Friday Thirteen box set that's coming out. So I'm scratched for the next. There's a difference between getting uh, thirteen films and a fucking big shitload <laughs> documentary full of new extras. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that one I'm wait. That one I'm that one I'm hunting down for for actual reasonable price. But I gotta own it though for the same. All right, let's get this fucker going. I'm on the and another film set that's going for expensive nowadays, and that's the Stranger Things set. But you can 
they got a great Blu-ray of it. They replicated the Columbia VHS cover as the slip cover. Hmm. Oh, for what? what um, the Stranger Things uh, collection? No, Space Hunter. Oh, I gotta. You gotta send me a link to that one afterwards, because I I have my um my uh, double feature with Kroll, which is another great film. Yeah, on the Stranger Things set, it's like disc one is Kroll, Pulse, which is okay, and uh, Space Hunter. Hmm. All right, but no, I want to get the one with the original um cover. So you send me For some that reason, Mill Creek put out a, a batch with uh, the VHS covers. They did, uh, let's see, Vibes, Silent Rage, uh, Space mm. Hunter, Crawl, and a couple more. Oh, White Line Fever. Oh, I got to get the Silent Rage one. Holy shit. <laughs> All right, so we'll, we'll, you have to send me those links afterwards. Okay. Ugh. They're cheap. They're like penny DVDs, so ain't going to be no thing. Oh, cool. Okay. They're like six ninety five each. Oh, okay. Sold. <laughs> All right. So which which um, disc do you have? Okay. I have the double feature with Crawl. Yeah, I have and the I'm double on my main feature main... with Crawl and Space Hunter and Pulse. So when you hit play, when you hit play, does it go to do the um, rated PG whatever First, or does it yeah. skip right into the movie? Okay, it so let me know. PG card. All right, I'm ready whenever you are. Okay, have you got it on the PG card? Or no, I have it on Space Hunter. I have it on the menu with the Space Hunter block. Okay, okay. And we're going to get ready to hit it, and people get ready in five, four, three, two. One. Done. This is a movie this that we the- all watched for. <laughs> well, I watched it as a cause movie because Return of the Jedi was sold out five showings, and there was a theater like ten feet down the road, and Space Hunters playing. We we're like, "Cool, Space Hunter, 3D. It's sci-fi too. Hey, fuck it." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, me, this was um, a cable TV movie that I saw. I did not get yeah, a chance to see it. Yeah, more people seen this. This was another HBO classic. Yeah. And you should have seen this part in 3D where the titles melt through this fucking steel right here. Ivan Reitman. Yeah, I keep forgetting this is one of his films. Lamont Johnson, what are, what other films did he make? That's a familiar I name. I know it was. They went through like a couple directors before they settled on him. Yeah, there just it is, imagine Space Hunter. you're sitting in there and then the, ta- then the title just bursts through the metal in 3D. Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is not the sequel to the, Forbi- the Forbidden Zone, the, Dan- the Oingo Boingo movie. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and this part I forgot was about that. Tale. Imagine watching this stoned on weed in 3D and you seeing the stars <laughs> going through the air. Yeah. Molly Ringwald. I mean, Molly Ringwald. 15 Ernie Hudson. Holy shit. Yep. You know why they chose him to be in this? 
Why? Because they were trying to they, – they, because um, everyone loved Lando Calrissian so much and Empire Strikes Back. They were like, we need a black dude in space. Get her any husband. <laughs> dude, I'm sorry, but fuck your uh, Jared Sin. Give me Overdog. Yeah. That's the name. Yeah, no, Overdog. Overdog. <laughs> If I ever get another you know boy dog, I'll name was? him Overdog. <laughs> yeah. This is Overdog. Uh, he will rip your face off. <laughs> in one of the um, in this shoot when they were shooting the film for the longest, you know what his name was supposed to be, and then they changed it halfway through. What? It was supposed to be King Creep. His King original Creep. name was King Creep, and they were like, "Nah, that's too on the nose. We can't have it as King Creep." <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, maybe if this was more of an exploitation film, it would have worked. You know, if there was more boobies. Well, well there's no boobies in there. This was supposed to be a typical R-rated Mad Max ripoff that they yeah. should cut down. Because, <laughs> look, there is four screenwriters to this bad boy. Yeah. And you know who most of those screenwriters are? Who? They all worked for Marvel Comics. Oh, cool. That's why this movie has such a comic book feel. Yes, because they they use, to write the movie, they use Marvel writers to do it. So, and most of the actors from this ended up doing Marvel animated films later. Like the Hulk film, um, X-Men, a a bunch of Batman films, which is DC. But, you know, once they got the foot in the door that, yeah, I worked, I did a Marvel film, basically. So if you want to talk about Marvel films, here you go. Here's the first Marvel film in space before Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy. I got to say something about the um, practical effects they use. Fuck CG. This shit is so nostalgic. You know, it's like I love watching the old practical effects. I mean, yeah, it looks kind of Imagine hokey. watching this in 3D, though, with the big explosion. That was the thing about yeah. 80s 3D. It was always shit in your face. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't 3D for the sake of 3D, you know, where it's like, well, we'll just take any movie and put 3D to it. It'll be all right. This is, you know, you're getting eyeballs shoved at you. You're getting laser beams shot in your face. You get to see shipping, <laughs> okay. floating, dust flying through the air. Yeah. See, I love this. Their um, spacesuits, that is so Mobius. Any fan of the old Metal Herlot or Heavy Metal comic book? Magazine This is so Mobius right here This image of the three girls coming out of the pod With these wacky fucking I love the fact that the females Have boobies built in their space sets (laughs) Yeah (laughs) And of course it's so 80s Look at the the fucking hairspray (laughs) Yeah Look at that poor black Uh, girl Her suit's like too big for her yeah, no, she could barely walk. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, the costumes were not made to uh, fit. Those three women actually were in a bunch of other shit. Um, one of them, the girl plays Nova, Kate, Kate Lee Timmons or something like that. She was in yeah. the RoboCop TV series, Highlander, Walker, Texas Ranger, Kung Fu, and Forever Night. So she got a good career out Forever of this movie. Forever Night. The other, yes. Deborah Pratt was in Quantum Leap, Airwolf, and Happy Days. She's the one that plays Megan. She's the blonde. 
And the other one, Alicia Shirley, she was in the Hitchhiker TV series. Yeah. So all three of these girls <laughs> went on to do pretty we cool got fucking things. Dollars. We're not even in ten minutes into the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, totally. But see, that's it. why I love this There's film. females screaming yeah. in the air, and the females ain't even opening their mouths. We're like, all yeah. right, fuck the Star Wars shit. Bring in the Mad Max stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's what I love about this film. You get post-apocalyptic mutant. You're getting cyborg. <laughs> you're getting fucking Mad Max vehicles. <laughs> like, they just do everything in here. That's how big the Road Warrior was back then. Oh, yeah, no, it, it it touched everything. I mean, even Phil Collins made a fucking music video featuring Mad Max scenes. <laughs> and you get space out of it. Like, like, this is cool, practical. Here's a spaceship floating around, you know, around an asteroid belt. Peter Strauss looking all scuzzy. <laughs> With yeah, his holy shot socks and whole, Look like you've been wearing them socks for a year. Stank-ass yeah. feet. You look at the inside of the ship, you could definitely tell it was influenced by Alien. Because they, they had that rundown, you know, worker ship. That's what that movie Alien pretty much influenced every space movie. Ships no longer were these well, ultra clean, space, you know. Working class space movie, you know. Yeah, space movie, yeah. Like like look at it. This is okay, Peter listen Strauss closely. Who's still riding high off of his big T V thing of rich man, poor man. Yeah. Wait. Okay, you heard that noise? That's yeah. Right there. That's R two D two. They they took the R two D two beep and they threw it in there. I'm amazed. It's too <laughs> crazy as Lucas was. He didn't sue him back then. Okay, that book on her chest. That if you're yeah. a sci-fi fan, you immediately know what that book is because what it actually it? foretells her future. That's um R. Uh, I, gotta, I, I wrote it down because it's it's like a long, complicated title. It stands for Russian Universal Robot by Czechoslovakian author Karl Kapper. Kapper. And it was written in 1920, and it was the first ever to use the term robot. Robot was not in our language till that book came out. Oh, the first book to have robot in it. Cool. See, no, it's R U R. Duct tape will fix anything. Yeah. <laughs> so that book they purposely put there to as a foreshadowing to this character. Forgive me, I'm taking a hit of my uh my energy Bullet drink there. <laughs> I love so, yeah, it this, when this is... they would take Doctor Text of it back then. And if you pause on VHS, you could tell that the FX guys were just fucking around. Oh, yeah, no, they just, like, threw anything in there. I mean, there's a classic, um, <laughs> there's a classic, uh, um, whatchamacallit, gif, if you could find it in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, when the mothership is flying up into space, they literally took an R2-D2 action figure and glued it to the bottom of the ship. So if yeah. you look closely at the mothership in Close Encounters, you see R2-D2 just hanging out on the bottom of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget Dark Star. Oh, what was the one in that? In Dark Star. Where it, well, 
they're show when they're showing the computer at the first in the movie. Uh, if you remember, Dan O'Bannon and Jack Harris didn't get along that good. Yeah, no, they didn't. So for oh, what a did second, he do? I it forgot. flashes on the screen. Fuck you, Harris. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Oh, look at that. That's stop motion hard I think as some of this score was reused in the Ice Pirates. Yeah, definitely. That See, yeah, this movie, you could definitely do a triple feature with Ice Pirates. And what's that other one, Battle Beyond Space or something like that? Yeah. I love some or Ice no, Beyond Pirates. Space. That one's aged well. Yeah. Yeah, that that battle beyond the stars. That's the other one I'm trying to think of. Yeah. This this goes great with the Ice Pirates and Battle Beyond the Stars. So anyone that ever wants to do like a triple feature, you got to get those three movies, these three movies together. I own, but I got to get Battle Beyond the Stars. That's still on my list. Oh, practical effects. I miss those. CG just doesn't have the same feeling. This car there, yeah. that's made from a Canadian snowplow. Because <laughs> this was a Canadian a uh, co-production. Like, uh, things like this to try to make it look futuristic. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. And again, it's um all from uh, the influence of aliens. All right, it's in the future, but everything's got to look run down and shitty. But this one definitely has more of a post-apocalyptic feeling. That's one thing I liked about Alien and this is that it's the first working-class sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this guy's just, hey, I need some money. Let me go fucking rescue these girls. Yeah, they're garbage. Remember they said he's a garbage man. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) The whole production design of this film is whoever did it, I didn't look who, look up who that did, who that was, but I mean, most of it does look like they just copied Mobius's artwork from his uh, early heavy metal uh, yeah. comics. Well, what movie did Ivan Reitman make right before this? Ooh, um, the I don't know. Heavy metal. Oh, the hurdy fucking door. So there you go. So that's the that's the piece of, that's the piece of the missing puzzle the missing piece of the puzzle. Ivor Reitman did yeah. heavy metal, which was heavy. so heavy metal influenced his. Co- and this is another Canadian Canucks exploitation film. Yeah. So okay, that's why heavy metal and this looks so much alike. All right, that that answers my question. Because I always love the look and of this film more than anything. Because in the quarry, because you can see all the drill holes in the fucking side of it. Well, I mean, right in the back is a, a oil pipe hey, fueling. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is great. Again, Mad Max. Mad Maxish. The fucking vehicles in this movie are excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Just to think, this movie came a lot. This movie and the whole genre came from a bunch of crazy-ass motherfuckers in Australia who were like, I wonder what would happen if you took a car and drove it any knives for an hour through a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who's the stuntman? Yeah, Billy could do it. <laughs> He's almost a stuntman. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, my God. That's stolen from Star Wars. <laughs> this little goggle thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, a battleship. A, a like pirate a ship. ship. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pirate ship on railroad tracks. <laughs> oh, 80s do. I always love pointing out, like, the time it's period a style. You fucking idiots! Yeah. It's the future in space, but we got ha- 80s hair. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Space Mad oh, Max. Oh, I want that helmet. Yeah. Yeah, this would definitely be a great... Oh, that actor right there. You know who that is? The old man, the grandpa? That is, uh, I wrote it down, Benson Corral. Uh, you recognize uh-huh. that name? No. He was in the original MASH. He was Hotlips Hooligan's, Hooligan's husband. He was in Good Times, Maud, UFO Incident, The Werewolf of Washington, Seamus, and Woody Allen's Bananas. That nice. motherfucker's been around the world and back. Nice. I love and it. He's, he's in, like a and motorcycle he's just, inside a gunnery yeah. ship. It's like a gunnery bubble, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. This is like, we want to do a space film. We like pirates, but God damn it, Mad Max is hot right now. So, <laughs> Mad Max and Star Wars are hot. What can we do? Cool. Yeah, yeah, and this movie's chock full of it. And then they were like, we need mutants. <laughs> well, let's throw some cyborgs in there. I liked, I love that when this, someone ripped off that part of uh, Mad Max. Does it look cool? Yeah. yeah. Let's keep it in the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just that bizarre yeah. renegade spirit. <laughs> and here you go. He's supposed to be like Han Solo now. Running around. <laughs> He's got the total Han Solo attitude. Now, this is the with kind the... of movie I expected when the Han Solo solo, the Han Solo film came out. Oh, yeah, which we didn't get. We didn't get no. this film, which I would have preferred this. I'll watch this over the Han Solo film any day. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what you it know, is, the Han Solo ripoff. Like this was just Han Solo just whooping some ass. Yeah. He's even dressed like he's got a vest on. They're shooting laser guns, but you can hear the sound of normal guns. Yeah. Oh, God, my nuts hurt just from that stunt. (laughs) That's why I love Space Navy stuntmen. They they did crazy shit like this. Yeah, and they they didn't, they weren't scared to try something. They were like, you might die. No, but I'll go down history (laughs) doing this stunt. And that's what I love about um, Sherry Road. You know, they were just like, ah, fuck it. Go up on poles and do 80 yeah. miles through the and desert. That's why yeah. People don't get, that's what was, why Brad Pitt's character was so cool in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, is that guys like this were cool. Yeah. Hey, we want I mean, they made a whole movie. A clip of hang guiders with giant smoke bombs hanging off of it. Well, I'm going to need about four hours to get everything set up, but I'll do it. Yeah. 
I love the gliders with the little rockets on the backs of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, fuck it. Throw some, throw some gliders in there. <laughs> and we're going to hook on these women, which look like it gliders were exotic. Yeah. That's always oh, cool. He holds up the shield, and the fucking lasers shoot back, ricochets back. Like, if it was a real laser, it would have shot. Now, that looks like a stunt that hurt. When he hooks the woman and pulls her into the air. Yeah. Ooh, that doesn't look gentle at all. Well, the one that hurt me <laughs> so far the most when the guy just did the splits on the ladder. On um, clock. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, they Here's some more Mad Max elaborate stunts and stuff like that. I like it, but give me... Make them small, too. Yeah. And imagine, I wonder how many, t- how long they had to set that up to get it to do right. Oh, to hook onto the woman like that? Yeah. Yeah. Without ripping her fucking spleen out? <laughs> yeah. And pulling her into the air? Okay, so this is a foreign, we this, is a, this is chickens. a planet. We even got stunt chickens yeah. here. Stunt goats! <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a goat. There you go. You got your goat. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it just amazes me. Better just because it just jumped up and scared the crap out of them. <laughs> Can't beat kung fu chickens. Oh god. <laughs> it's funny they got this classic actor to be in this movie. He's a classic fucking actor, and he's in this sci-fi film. <laughs> so I guess this is what the plot is You know Oh we gotta get revenge They killed grandpa We gotta get revenge on Overdog Oh Overdog's collecting all the pussy there is And they want some pussy for themselves So they gonna get the, So they want him <laughs> to go get the rest of the pussy That they stole from him There you go I wish I were kidding But yeah This Oh, he, I forgot. He was also in um, One Day at a Time, Hill Street Blues, Too Scared to Scream, Miami Vice, and Monsters TV series in the 80s, which anybody that's seen Monsters knows that's a great fucking show. Cheesy yeah. as fuck, but great. So, yeah, that actor's been around forever. Peter Strauss, after he did this, he did a shit ton of things. He did, oh, yeah. he did a lot he, of voice work. He became work. a B-movie uh, star. Yeah. Oh, here's the payoff well, he for the book was. that was on I mean, chat. Rich Man, Poor Man was one of the biggest TV yeah. miniseries ever, and he was the star of it. Even though Nick Nolte was the one who really became the star off of that one. Yeah. Here's the payoff for that book. Yeah, she's an android that got killed. Yeah. <laughs> That's why she had the he, book on her yeah. chest. You're the best damn android you ever was, but fuck you. We're not taking you with. I'm not taking you with me. Yeah. Melting. I'm melting. <laughs> I'm melting. What a world. What a world. Yeah. Well, I guess Peter Strauss, like, uh, you know, when before he did this, he did the he did voice work on The Secret of Nim, which if that's an animated film, if you never saw that. Fucking spooky as shit. 
mice in the field. Oh, like it creepy. definitely got its like happy. Even creepier, but yeah. Yeah. And then he did. He did an. Um. He did, of course, Batman the animated series. He was in that. Yeah. Um. Then he did Biker Mice from Mars, Duckman. He did Hulk. And then, ah, Real Monsters. He did Chani Quest. He did the Men in Black animated series. He did Godzilla 2000. Why? I don't know. And then he did an entire series of kids' Ten Commandments animated films talking about God. Why does that bad guy have chicken wires all around him? Because they're scavengers. Or or scabs, as uh, Molly Ringwall calls them. Yeah, but that's chicken Which wire. Which is a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, to protect his face, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, it was the 80s. Anything that looked gross and as, as spooky and weird made like it. I love this little... Like a right there. Yeah, like a sewer cover as a chess piece. There you go. <laughs> I love this little pyramid in the middle of the desert, in the middle of the planet on, in the... um. The Rock Quarry, as we should call it. Where was this film? Yeah. This looks like Nevada or something, or like Mexico, New Mexico. Yeah. Because of the landscape, it has the colored rock. So this is definitely like New Mexico or something. Anything that looked deserty like this, though, was space. Oh, where else did they do that? Was that, um... With the skeletons hitting the corpse in the face. I know they did that with um, Poltergeist. But, um, oh, shit, what else did they do that? This is a race oh, the race of the art type stuff. Yeah, where he discovers the tomb of the dead. Hey, that grating? Our, um, our old uh, radiators in my ho- old house had those. <laughs> they just literally got that at a hardware store. It looks futuristic. Put it here. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I would have loved to have been the set designer on this Or actually, like, working with the set designers Because they, they really got it cool Peterson McNabb Oh, so we actually know what Nikki's uh, real name is And the dumbass left the keys in the car Yeah <laughs> Or is there keys? I don't know Maybe they just push start This is the future, remember? No, and see, there we he have just it. Fifteen year old Molly Ringwald. Was this her first film? Did you do anything Second, before this? Uh Paul Mazursky's uh The Tempest was her first, I think. Oh, okay. Cause then right after this she started doing what, like fucking John Hughes films? <laughs> like straight from this? Because then it was what? It was like, yeah. Everything is scrawny with her. She got something she's trying to compensate for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they definitely made up like it was a scrawny planet. Well, she's trying. I guess it's like their own version of like the uh, Clockwork Orange lingo, where where they just make up words that describe things like like very creative yeah. adjectives, colorful adjectives. 
Gabby. See, look, he he wants some nipples. Oh, nipples. Blow me Hey, him. she's 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know what that what's that on his wrist. He just, like, has, like, a piece of a transistor radio on his wrist. Like, the inner. I don't know. I want to know what blow me him is. <laughs> I don't know. Again, she's supposed to be, like, her, I guess her parents are from Earth, and they moved to this planet, and, I guess, as a colony, and they're all yeah. wiped out, and she's the last. The, the chemist, who's a horrifying figure, uh, got a hold of every other colonist on the planet. Yeah. So that's a pretty that cool concept. I'd love to see... better, is he just insulting her? Yeah. Oh, apparently she smells really, really bad. Hey, what's that little creature on his uh, console there? Is that from fucking Ghostbusters? Hey! You see what I'm talking about? That little monster dog thing? All the way in the bottom left. Yeah, I know. It looks like some kind of cool wolf. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be something well, that's his name, wolf. Is the one around? Good. Yeah. Yoink! <laughs> She's supposed to smell so bad He's got to open the fucking window <laughs> I guess if you're a kid on a planet alone Bathing wouldn't be your number one uh, <laughs> Priority Especially on a planet with hardly any water I would love to do to see a sequel to this who is she supposed to be, Luke Skywalker, or Princess Leia, or a combination of both? Uh, she's Chewbacca. <laughs> she's Chewy. <laughs> I love how colorful this lab is. Yeah, this is total 80s. Oh, there's the chemist. The chemist is, like, gross. It's, like, disturbing because he's responsible no, for all, all the mutants on the planet. Yeah. I mean, think of it. This was a colony planet, kind of like Alien. And then these bad guys get there. Overdog took over as a dictator and put the chemist involved in there to, like, genetically alter everyone and do experiments on them. So all the former colonists are now mutants and creatures. You can look at the ground and you can tell this is fucking snow. Yeah. I love that line. Are they missing any limbs? Yeah, I hate that they have missing limbs. <laughs> oh, here's the future yeah. stove. Talk that shit, you one-eyed motherfucker. Beans and Franks. Even in a galaxy far, far away, what's for dinner? Beans and Franks. <laughs> Close your ears, princess. Looks dirty. They're not really talking about eating dogs. Oh, it's the future. Look, the hot dogs are square, not round. <laughs> now, some webpage said, take, pay close attention to her fingernails. It looks like she had, she recently got a manicure. So she's all dirty and shit, but her fingernails are, are fucking perfect and painted. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to check for myself if that's true or not. I love it. I know some people eat you for breakfast. Well, I know some people yeah. back home, they'll eat you for 50 bucks in the back room of a... Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Hey, aren't these even the, uh, blankets they give you? Society dystopian. We have tinfoil blankets. <laughs> those are actually they use those in the um. Sadly, I don't want to bring this up, but they use those where the uh, those poor kids in the cages that um that are being held, all the uh, that ice arrested or kidnapped, I should say. So that's what they use for the uh, kids to keep them warm. Are these things? If you ever see pictures of those ice detention camps, yeah, they're pretty. They're, they look like that. Why would you need a blanket with something like that? Yeah, right. Well, he threw a dirty blanket at her to say, go sleep over there, you smelly Yeah, thing. but the blanket was inside the sleeping bag. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's like a comforter or something. Yeah, because he doesn't have a pillow or anything, so it probably rolls it up and makes a pillow out of it. Ugh, she was well, I was worried I could sleep anywhere. Yeah. Ugh, this lab is so cool. More any science fiction artists, any science fiction artists out there definitely need to check this movie out for inspiration. Because they just got it down perfect. Oh, look at the Kurgan back there from Highlander. Oh, look, there's an old 1980 TV that's set back there. <laughs> oh, my God, it's a gravy. blender. That's literally a blender. <laughs> With gravy in it. It's a futuristic blender. Do you have any Aquanet? <laughs> the, old, the old 80s computer keyboard. Oh, don't worry, honey. I'm just going to bend you over and do things to you. Well, you know what he's kind of supposed to be, right? He's supposed to be like Mengele, the uh, Nazi doctor of Nazi Germany. That's why he's got that, like, weird German-esque accent. He's supposed to be like Joseph Mengele doing all the experiments on people. Okay, hold on. got to pay attention to her hand real quick. Oh, yeah, she's got a manicure. Look at that. Perfect and painted fingernails. <laughs> and she All got right. funky fingers. That's funny. He smelt her. She smells so bad. I'm actually glad they didn't go like R-rated with this. You know, with boobs and everything. It's just well, because it probably it's too fun of a uh, film. It would have ruined it, it for me. It probably would have kept too- her older. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was 15, so I'm glad they didn't go R-rated with this. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they didn't go exploitation with this. I, they kept it kind of family. Well, this is eight, um, Ronald Reagan's America, so... Everything was going yeah, more like really family when oriented. Reagan's America kicked in. Yeah, by 83. At least you can read lips here and really tell that they didn't curse. Yeah. Oh, God, soap. <laughs> I like how he just had it in his pocket. I carry soap around in my pocket all day. 
<laughs> yeah, pocket pool. Making her bathe. <laughs> Making her bathe, that's funny. You can tell she never bathed oh, in her life. Did she just fart? No, it was supposed to be a hot spring, but yeah, it's funny if she did fart. <laughs> Look, it's next to her ass. Ah, she farted. <laughs> See? <laughs> You're just a little baby. <laughs> And you know yeah, you what they call him? What? What? They call him Pedro's. And we put them in a file because <laughs> they're in the Pedro files. Oh, there's your bubbles in the background. So, yeah, it's supposed to be a hot spring. There it is, the Canadian plow that they just put a dome on top. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to see Ernie Hudson Which anybody listening to this Would know from Ghostbusters Or uh, There's actually two people Yeah There's actually two people in, from Ghostbusters in this One is uncredited Can you guess which one? Ron Jeremy I don't think he <laughs> No. <laughs> I don't think he was in that. Come on, he's like one of the most popular ones from uh Okay, I'll say it. Harold Ramis, who played Egon Spegler and Ghostbusters. He does well, a voiceover Ramis in this and, on one uh... Right, men were pretty much what? partners back then. Remember they yeah, worked so on he does a uh, voiceover. Uh, Ghostbusters, Stripes. So, yeah, did, he he did a voiceover in this. Ooh, that's cool. I always like that thing. Oh, one of them was broken. That's Hot funny. Pressure. You can tell it's like polyform. <laughs> but, yeah, no. So, two alumni from uh, Ghostbusters are in this. <laughs> He's always fucking that thing up in this movie. There he is. There's uh Lando Calrissian. <laughs> or their version oh, of Lando. Still got no opera. <laughs> this must have been around the same t- same point when he was in Yes, that's the same look he had in the human tornado. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. He just came off of that, or just going into it. I forgot which came first. I think the uh, human tornado was first. And human tornado stars one of the best kung fu action stars ever. Right? Oh, God. Uh, uh, you're, you're attacking my brain. So I'm trying to focus Rudy on Ray this. Moore. Um, yeah, there you go. God damn it. Uh, now I'm embarrassed. I have to throw in my uh, exploitation card. <laughs> I have to hand that over now. <laughs> I failed. No, Penitentiary Ooh. 2. 
Yes, that too. You hear me, Steve? Hello? Hear me, Steve? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, it's funny. We're talking about a movie where uh, Ernie Hudson plays in the X-rated exploitation film, and one where he plays a guy who got raped in the first film, but he's out to rape the guy that raped him in Penitentiary 2. Two Space Hunter. <laughs> Can you hear me, Steve? Yeah. Hello? Okay. Sorry, I got disconnected real quick. Yeah, I hear you now. For like two seconds, I got disconnected. (laughs) And I heard your comment about penitentiary. (laughs) (laughs) Penitentiary, too. Yeah, no. For some reason, I could hear you, but I couldn't, like, say anything. You couldn't hear me, so. And then I, I, I just started hitting buttons on my phone, and you came back on. And honestly, yeah. Lando was my favorite character to come out of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, no, he was a little badass. I would have been pissed if they would have really filmed the ending of Return of the Jedi, which they wanted, which would have been Lando getting killed. I would have been pissed. Ooh, that would have been bad. That would have been bad. But, yeah, that's why they brought Ernie Hudson on, was because they wanted their own, like, Lando Calrissian in their post-apocalyptic Mad Max and outer space, uh, space opera with, uh, you know, <laughs> what else can we throw in there? <laughs> Movie. <laughs> I'm trying to think what Molly Ringwald reminds me of in this. Like her ta- constant talking. Oh, that's it. Um, Any fans of Invader Zim? Uh <laughs> They yeah. they would get the reference. The talkative little uh, never shuts up. Always has something funny to say. Gur. <laughs> She's like the gur of this movie. Like I said, she's supposed to be the Luke Skywalker type character from the first Star Wars, where he was whining about going to get power convertibles to Tachi Station. Yeah. Hey yeah. asshole, you ran over my foot. <laughs> I'd be pit- the one thing that oh, sorry, I was going to say I love um how they didn't like a lot of movies will set something up and then you'll forget about it I love how this yeah. movie just keeps throwing the mutants at you like literally. you know every time they go to a different <laughs> zone yeah literally throwing the mutants I at you I wonder who the mm-hmm. asshole was that was with him that threw him on the car yeah, right. <laughs> hey, what the fuck are you That's doing? That's a great background. Yeah, I mean, I was just like a, a love and exploration of this planet. Like like how these different uh, colonies of people ended up being these creatures. Like you have the scabs out in the desert. Yeah. You have something coming up that's completely horrifying. You know, it's like pure yeah. nightmare fuel. Like you know, I you said, have a... Med- this is in 3D, too. Yeah. So not only do you get that like this, detail, all of that is, you know... 
just layer on layer of shit. They didn't just like, you know, here's a couple mutants. Okay, let's get on with the adventure. No, they were just like, nope, the mutants are there. They're always fucking there. No matter where you go, you're going to run into some fucked up creature. Kind of like, what's that more modern movie? Um, oh, God, Frankenstein's Army. Did you see that one yet? Yeah, that one's good. I just wish it was longer. <laughs> yeah, me too. But that's another that one. Where it's like, every you're getting you're... into it, and you're looking at the monsters, and they're like, hey, this yeah. is over. <laughs> and then you look at the running time. One hour and ten minutes, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's independent. That's okay. We got a couple bucks. What can we cram in with a couple bucks? <laughs> but um, yeah, this movie's set up the same way. It's like they're they're always letting you know how scuzzy this fucking planet is, and I love how everything's abandoned or looks abandoned. Like you could tell at one point, this colony here was like an industrial colony, big, beautiful, shining towers. Now they're going into them. They're all burnt out, disgusting. And the mutants, does this, what? Does this woman ever shut the fuck up? <laughs> well, that's her character. That's why she, I said she's like the girl. She just constantly talks. <clears throat> she's supposed to be the annoying 15-year-old girl that had, had no human contact for, like, years. Oh, now she's clean, so she can sleep next to him. There you go. This is one of the more disturbing creatures coming up. I'd love to know who did the uh, designs on these. Uh, what would you call them? They like slugs? Pigs? Like pig slugs. Yeah, I mean, slugs are the easiest thing to make look gross. Yeah. I mean, Can you, yeah, you could probably find them at the minutes any... into this movie. God damn. <laughs> wow, it's going That's quick. That's one other thing I liked about these 80s uh, Mad Max, like these types of movies. The good ones just bam, bum, bum, boom, 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 boom. They yeah. don't need to be two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah, see, this is like disturbing. The They're pretty much. Ugh. The pig slugs. These are pretty They're much like cocoons. creatures in plastic bags. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like cocoons. Oh, my God. I'd like to make a whole movie with just those things in, like, New York City sewers. Come here, baby. Don't you like a albino? <laughs> oh, they're, they're, just, they're like pink, milky pink. They're so gross. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> I like when she kicks that one and goes, Wee! <laughs> wonder what that was made of that he broke through it. Look at them. When they show the full bodies, they're even grosser. They look like the typical shopper at Walmart. <laughs> oh, that's why I love this movie. Like, they throw these fucking... Thick ass creatures at you. Yeah, and not even I over yet. had the badass monsters. You know, this is this is when they would go to like some geek who read Fangoria for the first uh, 
four years that it was out. <laughs> I was like, can you make us some monsters? Yes. I love to make monsters. I just need latex. Yeah, Tim Danforth uh, come from not Dan. Yeah, Danforth oh. became big in this area. Uh, Robotine, yeah. Rick Baker. Yeah, this was the height of that time period. So every movie that came out, like they were looking for any like new special effects artist, and they gave them lots of work, especially in this. Yeah, time. remember 1982? We had The Howling, The Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuckers. Oteen was like a rock star. Oh, look at that matte painting. And it's just slow motion, you can tell, by the yeah. uh, grains of the film. Here you oh, go, 3D table. I want this. <laughs> I want this in a fucking haunted house nowadays. Or one of them mazes. Shit, I want this in my bedroom. <laughs> Let the landlord come visit me. <laughs> yeah. Landlord gets lost in my apartment. <laughs> And here he and is. There's the man himself. You, you, Mr. Creep. Once you hear that voice, you know who the hell that is. Yeah. Oh, was fucking sickest, beautiful, mutant creature, cyborgian monster in space there ever was. Michael Ironstein as Overdog. From time to time, I make him my profile picture on Facebook just because he's so fucking oh. cool. <laughs> Leave me alone with the booty. Yeah. I like how he doesn't eat. He feeds off of human energy. Like, he just sucks you dry. Well, he does eat, but let's not get into that since this is a PG-rated movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see, I mean, for a film that... that see, yeah. see. <laughs> They made it titillizing without it being, um, you know, X-rated. Like, it, they still, um, they didn't show any skin, but they're, like, showing you, like, eroticism We're without 13, actually we being We don't mean. have to. We have enough perverted thoughts of our own in our head back then. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, 12 years old. Yeah, we know what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, no, like I said, I was 12. I was probably like 13, 14 when I saw it. So, yeah, yeah this definitely was in my spank bank of films, even without the nudity. Yeah, what would a film be like a year? HBO classic. HBO yeah, killed it, it the whole came on HBO, hell what, 80? What? what, 84? 83, 80, uh, 84, 85? Was on 80, no, when did it come on HBO, though? 84, uh, right? Probably like a year 84 later? to about nine, you know. Yeah. And these are cool. Oh, the Amazonian swimming women. You could tell that was filmed backwards because you see the way the water splash. Yeah. yeah, but it's, it, like I said, practical 80s effects, you can't beat them. Even if they're cheesy, they look super fucking cool. Oh, the Amazonian swimming women. not showing the front. You could tell this is supposed to be the R-rated scene. Yeah. Just look at the look on his face. Yeah, yeah he's, like, happy. <laughs> he needs to kill him. I take that challenge. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that, man. I'll take that challenge. Yeah. 
I'm dying. Yeah, I like anyway. how he's standing in the water, but he dives in and it's like twenty feet deep. I mean, that just cracks me up. Yeah. I'd be like, they I look got like a bad and all though. that crap. I don't know how long I got left. Kill me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I like how they look slimy when they're like out the of the water. Place, like they're almost. You can almost tell they're like mutating into like um, mermaids. Like if this was made made now, they would make a mermaid straight up. And here we go, another fucking creature, a dragon on a planet, like a like a like um like a weird looking snake dragon. Hey baby, actually looks looks really cool because it's more like um. Just imagine how that looked in three D. Yeah. Yes, even See, the right dragon there, looks the in your face sick. moment. Mm-hmm. Or him swinging. Yeah. See. Oh, the fireball. Yeah. See, you can pretty much almost see the 3D there. Yeah. Yeah, with the fireball coming out. Yeah, no, the, you could tell this is definitely a 3D film. I like this. This always cracks me up. How about me? Sure. Boy, he <laughs> just shoots her down. <laughs> See, like, they pull her up from 20 feet in, like, of water, 20... but then as soon as yeah. she gets cut down... I mean, you got to give this movie one one uh, credit that it's definitely imaginative. Like, they just send you into world after world after world of, like, different yeah. environments. It, it, like I said, it's just everything you want in a fucking sci-fi apocalyptic film. Well, not everything since this movie flopped hard at the box office. But then again... It took balls of steels to go against Return of the Jedi. Yeah, well, that I mean, that's I think that's the reason why it flopped. I don't think it's because of the film itself. The film itself is solid. You know, it's a solid fucking movie that's fun, enjoyable, you know, yeah, visual eye uh, candy. making it in 3D when they should have just released it in 2D at the drive-ins. It would have cleaned up. Yeah, it actually cost them an extra $2 million just to do the 3D process. So they took a risk doing that even. But I mean, like, like coming from an artist standpoint, like this movie, I sometimes pop it in with it muted just to look at the visuals because it's beautiful. Scene for scene is like a sci-fi painting. Ryman made you know, some Star- good exploitation movies. He don't get enough credit because of all of the kiddie shit he did Yeah. in the late 80s. Didn't he do Howard Stern's film, too? Yeah. Is that I Ivan Reitman? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Stripes, uh, Ghostbusters. What else did he do? I know he did a ton of other shit. I mean, it's like everything I remember as a kid watching, he somehow had a hand in it. All the big uh, films I like. It came from within. Okay. Rabbit. Oh, speaking of that title. Yes, yes, that was him. All right. I knew that was him. Yeah, this was supposed to be the first 3D science fiction film 
I think, uh, since it came from beyond space, which was, what, 1953? Yeah. So, yeah, this was the first one dealing with space. Which is funny, because years later... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. But I think you told me that uh, Metal Storm beat this by a week or so. No, Metal Storm was actually a few months later. Oh, okay. Or a few weeks later, yeah. It came out, like, right around this time. But this was before uh, Metal Storm. That's something that you don't see nowadays is counter-programming movies. Like, if Marvel released their big movie, no one would open anything against it. Back then, you would have a little movie go against it, and they would get the spillover. Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 like one see crap like Star Wars. Well, everyone's still wearing, <laughs> but this is just a metaphor. Well, like you said, it's this was like, the perfect film to see like, if you couldn't get in the Jedi. Oh, Jedi sold out. Fuck it. We're going to see this other space film. <laughs> yeah, like when uh, Batman hit in 1999. Do you remember Indiana Jones and the uh, Last Crusade? Yeah. Was the counter-programming it? That's, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Ernie Hudson's just funny in this. He's so likable. He's, he's being a total prick, but you still like him. <laughs> you kind of well, root for him. him you know? ass, so why shouldn't he be a prick? Yeah, exactly. He left him behind. And he did do him a favor. He, uh... He went down, battled the swimming women, and pulled his uh, car out. So, Yeah. And I want to tell my favorite Star Wars story. It was at a convention maybe ten years later. Uh, Billy D. Williams was uh, doing an autograph signing. Uh-huh. And a fan brought in a can of Colt 45 uh. and asked him to Please sign it. Daddy, please tell me he did. No, he just looked at him and got real mad and went, fuck you, and walked off. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. I would have signed it. Oh, he should have signed it. Oh, that sucks. A friend of mine met um, oh, um, Clyde Barker and Lucille Fucci and got him to sign a pack of Marlboros. <laughs> oh, I and he also got um, and um, he also got a uh, Clyde Barker to sign um, uh, a King Crimson album cover for some reason. And he's like, "Why am I signing this?" And he's like, "Cause I like listening to King Crimson when I read your book." And he was like, "Oh, I'll buy that." <laughs> so he signed this fucking King Crimson album. <laughs> the only one I've seen really being a dick is uh, Bruce Campbell. When someone, when fans would bring in uh, big stuff, like someone brought a model that they built from scratch of uh, the Evil Dead cabin, and he said, I'm not going to sign this. It's too big. Why? Oh, that's a dick move. I mean, if I was in a position where I had fans, I wouldn't give a fuck. I'd sign anything. Oh, here you go. 
Back to the Future stole this from this movie where the cars run on garbage. You see what she's doing? She's stuffing the garbage in there. Isn't that Back to the Future Part 1 when he comes back from from uh, 1980, what, hour 2000, where his, where he converted the uh, DeLorean to take yeah. garbage? They, they stole that from this movie. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I smell lawsuit. I'm gonna eat, kill. I'm gonna have to give up my '80s car, but I never did like the Back to the Future films that much. Um, I'm indifferent. Like, I like the concepts. Uh, if I if if someone's watching them, I'll watch it with them. I don't own them. I don't hate them, but I never saw them as the definitive '80s film. I give that to John Hughes and uh, Donnie Darko. Fuck John Hughes. <laughs> I like John Hughes. <laughs> Fuck you. John John Hughes rock. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Judd Nelson and fucking... Uh... <laughs> He's fucking killer, man. Bur- Breakfast Club? Judd Nelson? With Molly Ringwald? Ah, Come I hated on. the Breakfast Club because I knew every stereotype like that in school and they were all unlikable pricks. Well, that's why I like the movie. <laughs> because it's every fucking prick you do. <laughs> Judd Nelson was killer in those. Or, or what does uh, Jane Silent Bob say? It's like those whiny little suburban pricks and those Judd Nelson and those... uh. John Hughes film, except for Judd Nelson. He was fucking killer. <laughs> These are cool, the motorcycles with the domes. Yeah, those are badass. They almost look like they're designed by H.R. Giger. Look at them. They're almost insectivoidian-like, too. They could be on, like, a Voivod album cover. Yes, I mentioned Voivod. And I love how Fuck they yes, flow, too, how they just beautifully they move. You would think yeah. something like that would not move as beautiful as they do. No, nah, and if I ever hit the lottery, I'm finding a mechanic and a, a craftsman and showing them this movie and say, build me one of those. Yeah. You know, fuck, fuck, fuck those rich people that buy those expensive-ass cars. Fuck that. My car line would be shit from movies. Would be like those Mad Max. <laughs> That's what I would be having. by David Cronenberg, the guy who was supposedly direct the first director they wanted for Return of the Jedi. No. What it's about? It's about a 15-minute film about these four friends who see these see this rich fuck buy a Ducati motorcycle. Oh, and he oh, says he's going to display it as a work of art and not ride it. Ugh. So they take it so. upon themselves to break in his house and liberate <laughs> the motorcycle and ride it. <laughs> there you go. That's great. So this scene right here, hands down, is one of, like, one of the most disturbing scenes in cinema history. Mutated children with fucking Molotov cocktails. How fucked up is that? The only other time that I got disturbed like this was, um, oh, fuck, what's that movie with, um, Peter Weller? The, 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 um, the, the little robot films that he did where they were, where they were evolving. Shit, oh, my mind's going blank. This is what happens when you do too much. 
Huh? Screamers. Yes. Those are the screamers. It's that same vibe of screamers when those mutated little, those little robot mutants are running at the yeah, ship. Yeah, that movie was pretty yep. damn good. But you yeah. know what really disturbed me? What? Kathy Bates' nude scene in About Schmidt. <laughs> oh, this scene is so epic. Fucking mutant, mutant children who are altered genetically by the chemist throw a Molotov cocktails into a fucking scrapyard trying and to kill these dudes. And they're fucking... They don't have to fucking yeah. aim. Yeah. And here's those motorcycles, those badass fucking motorcycles. God damn, this movie's so beautiful. Scream Factory, you need to do a fucking special edition of this. Your Arrow. Well, like Arrow I said, screen, there is a Blu-ray that uh, Mill Creek did, and it's gorgeous. No extras, yeah, but, I want but it's features. $6.95 fucking cents, and that's more than I need. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I, I would love a special edition of this movie with, like, He's commentaries, interviews. There you go. That's another great one. Is that the one where the cars, um, they, they turn dark? If you covered them or some shit like that? Like, they had that really cool skin in the paint? Yeah, and there's that, that one thing where they're shooting colored smoke out of their butt, and it has Barry Bostwick in it. Yes, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, here we go. Overlord's Lair. Oh. Overdog. Look at the map painting. Overdog, sorry. Overdog. Uh, no, I'm just I'm just admiring this beautiful matte painting. Yeah, this looks just like Jabba the Hutt's palace. Actually, I like it better. <laughs> I like this better. Yeah, you just like that like rusty, little... nasty feel. No wonder you like Tetsuo the Iron Man. You just love that <laughs> nasty, rusty, dirty aesthetic. Yeah, that's and honestly, like. That's where I steal my visions for my artwork is like films like this and anything um, like Tethuo, you know, that fucking anything in that genre of like metal, fleshy, rusty, apocalyptic landscapes, you know. I mean, shit, I grew up in fucking Hillside, New Jersey, an industrial park. I woke up every morning surrounded by barbed wire and smokestacks and Chemical drums that were leaking everywhere. How the fuck I'm not glowing is beyond me. I love how all of the masks in this movie look like them just getting scrapped and just throwing it together. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what this planet is. It, it's like an old um, colony of, like, industrial workers that, you know, Overdog took over and turned it into his uh, beautiful landscape of... Fucking rust and depravity. Like I said, I would love to see this continued in either like a film or comics or something. You know, I'd love well, more backstory to, on you this. Know. Yeah. I mean, even a prequel would be great. How this planet got to this point. You know, where these creatures came or from and how they fucking were mutated. Yeah. Exactly. 
though I would spend the first three, five minutes of the second film shooting Molly Ringwald in the face. <laughs> oh, right here. So what he does with his arms? Look at these the big, big motherfucking claws. <laughs> and what movie is this fight pit and scene taken from? And that movie came out in 1981. Uh, fight pit scene. I don't know. Um, Escape from New York. Really? Oh yeah. I'm see. Escape from New York. I just I can't get the baseball bats out of my head. With the fucking, because my cousin and I used to fight like that. I have a cousin, Joey. Because where we grew up, there was, like, nothing to do, and we were just surrounded by scrap. We would grab metal bars and beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> I'm not kidding, Mike. Our parents would always wonder why we had black eyes and bloody knuckles. Because we would be beating the shit out of each other in fucking scrapyards and shit. <laughs> For fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's my cousin Joey. <laughs> Joey Quatek. <laughs> God, what kind of fucked up childhood did I have? I'm not I'm not thinking like what the hell did I grow up in? <laughs> well, we used to build like well they did. I'd watch them build like uh little go karts out of wood and reclaimed wheels and stuff from big wheels and stuff. Nice. And then laughed the ass off when they started falling apart and they didn't have no brakes. <laughs> ass brain. Overdog. That's the first person <laughs> I heard this movie and she called him ass brain. Yeah. I mean, for a PG film... You know, it's pretty fucking innocent, but like I say, the um, the visuals and the context of it are enough to well, make it fucking... Well, don't forget the controversy called when uh, one of the kids in E.T. called the other one a jack-off, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. was it dildo. I, I think it was jack-off, I forgot. Yeah, you jack-off? What's a jack-off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we went from Jack off to you can go suck a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Now on regular TV, I mean they're cursing up a storm. You watch Stranger Brains, uh, Stranger Th- Stranger Brains, Stranger Things, <laughs> and there's cursing left and right. You know, these are the kids. So. Yeah. <laughs> like we were saying, this is Reagan's '80s. You know. Yeah. This was the time of uh, of uh, what is that? The MPAA and shit like that, and uh, the Parents Music yeah, right Resource Center. Right before we got the the death of the seventies PG and the rise of the PG thirteen. Yeah. Which uh, which this was uh, Pol- Poltergeist, Gremlins, Return of the Jedi. And Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, and don't forget Goonies. No, Goonies wasn't as bad as those. Remember, Indiana Jones had someone getting their freaking heart ripped out. Yeah. 
I mean, Goonies had them cursing too. Like they, they, they were like, "Shit, asshole," you know. So it wasn't completely affected yet. And Josh Bolin said, uh, "Fuck," if you remember. Yeah, he did. Okay. So yeah, I'm that one wasn't too. Kill affected. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> God damn! Yeah, now I can't get it out of my head when you said um, Ivan Reitman did heavy metal because this movie looks like a heavy metal film. Yeah, if Straight you remember, the comic uh, book. Uh, Michael Ironside was the villain in Heavy Metal too, which sucks. Yes, there's just no oh, way around on. it. I still heavy like Metal Two just sucked ass. Nah, I liked it. I disagree with you on that one because I love Julie Strain. Julia Strain. I had the biggest fucking crush on her. Boop. I like my women Amazonian. <laughs> I'm planting a bomb, you moron. What do you look like I'm doing? <laughs> oh, look at Michael Ironside. Fucking gorgeous creature, you. <laughs> Here, hold this for me. <laughs> the fucking bomb. <laughs> Back in the 80s when villains were stupid. <laughs> Henchmen were always dumb. They were just fodder for killing. Yeah. <laughs> Raw! <laughs> I think this and probably Total Recall are my two favorite Michael Ironside roles. What are they? This and Total Recall are my two favorites with him. And he was also excellent in um, uh, Starship Troopers. Oh, God, yeah. Anytime he's with Paul Verhoeven, it's like, okay. Yeah. My favorite Michael Einstein scene is uh, in Starship. Well, I just love in Starship Troopers when you first see him. He's a teacher, and then later in the movie you see him in that full battle gear, and you realize, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. But Clancy Brown has the best moment in that movie. Yeah, medic! <laughs> yeah. Why the hell are we burning to throw knives when we just push a button do nukes? Funk. You cannot throw the knife if you can push the button if your hands are disabled. <laughs> <laughs> Medic! <laughs> yeah. Well, my favorite Michael Ironside roles probably would be uh, Starship Troopers and Scanners. Scanners is great, yeah. But I have a soft spot for uh, Total Recall. Oh, he's great in there. That, yeah. that look on his face when they say, how's it got to feel watching your wife fuck another guy every night? Yeah. That move he made with his arms, he actually stole, well, didn't steal it, but he did that because back in 1952, Kenneth Pickley used that in the Summer Olympics in Finland. That was his motion for sign language for the deaf. To say, let the games begin. So he took that yeah. and used it in here. The arms going down like that while keeping the body still as let the games begin from the Summer Olympics. Why I know that, I have no idea. 
but <laughs> I read it somewhere and it stuck with me. And every time I watch that movie, in my head, all I can it's picture is let the game Molly Ringwald fight. The model for every prissy, stuck-up bitch I went to high school with. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, she did play that, yeah. Yeah, even in Pretty in Pink, she's supposed to be like the down girl, but she was still prissy as fuck. Yeah. Only thing I like about Pretty in Pink is Ducky. If you break her heart, oh I'll yeah, break Ducky your was face. my hero. What? Yeah, Ducky's my hero. Just because I love that line, "If you break her heart, I break your face." Yeah, and I love the woman that she was working with in the record store. I would have totally fucking been her guy. <laughs> when she's stapling <laughs> yeah. the fucking record to the wall. That was that was like my dream girl, that film. <laughs> Forget Molly Ringwald. I wanted the fucking record store owner. <laughs> the only John Hughes Ooh, moment that I would keep as my favorite is that one scene in Career Opportunities with Jennifer Connelly and the uh, horsey. Oh, well, she's riding the horse, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a real, like, guy's wet dream, you know, her back then. Well, no, just because of Dylan McDermott and all of the guys looking at it. Mm. And then the good guy looks at the bad guy and goes, you know, man, that's the best idea you've ever had in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? I like it. <laughs> I love those buzzsaw arms that just come out of the wall at her. And that fucking machine, that's like the blower from a Boybot album cover. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many industrial <laughs> bands watch shit like this in the 80s and were like, I want my album yeah. cover and my stage show to look like this. Yeah. Oh, don't forget, uh, what was it, Survi- Robot Survival Incorporated? Uh-huh. I make it oh, the name oh, wrong, oh. you know what I'm talking about. The... Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. They put out the underground videos of the robots fighting in places that look like this. Yeah, yeah, no, um, oh, god damn it, I forgot the guy's name. He actually lost a bunch of fingers on... Technologies. Something like that, yeah, they they were put out in VHS. They were released through, like, punk rock, um, uh, advertisements and shit. Like, you'd always see them in, like, punk rock magazines. Yeah, but I know, the survival institute. Industrial and metal. So, I think uh, yeah. ministry did a concert in the middle of one of the battles once. Nice, but the guy who devi- who who made those machines, yeah. he actually lost like three fingers on one hand while making one of those fucking things. It like sawed his fucking hand apart. Yeah. God, if you um any collectors of the old Target Video VHSs from back in the eighties, with Target Video they would put out punk rock concerts like the Dead Kennedy, Crucifix, all these punk shows, Black Flag. I actually still have a lot of my old Target VHSs. Um, they always the advertise the Michael Ironside. You said yeah. that if I beat it, I go free. I lied. No lied. one. Yeah. Well, you would always see um, advertise, uh, advertisement videos in those. 
I think we're going to be very close. <laughs> this is disturbing. He's just like sucking her energy dry, and she's just like, yeah, sure, take what you want. Let me go. Not realizing he's killing her, you know? That's Molly a cool Greenwald image, the way the The hardest part about filming his scene is, well, look at the wrist things. Yeah. She said that it was hard keeping her hands inside of it. Yeah, because they would keep slipping out. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're obviously like, what, four or five inches on each side of her hand she could come out with yeah. it? I love how, um, see those uh, bars going across him? They're kind of like slightly illuminated. It looks yeah. like um, arteries from a heart. It's a cool little uh, effect. Imagine Very how that almost, light uh, room looked in 3D. That was just messed up, you know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this whole scene must have looked gorgeous in 3D with the neon and shit like that. I love his little wrist rocket thing. You always, you can already see the uh, string attached to the rocket. You <laughs> see it? <laughs> and yeah. it pulls the rocket out. The rocket slides down I mean, the string. It was hilarious how much neon was. Really, when Spencer's yeah. the store stopped that started, it sold only two things. Well, three things, if you remember. Neon. Neon. Uh, yeah. Black light. And bongs. Yeah. That was the first place I remember seen a neon did. bong. Yeah. Now nah, Spencer's was cool as shit. There used to be one at the mall I used to go to. I used to hang out at as a mall rat and fucking get the uh, the security guards knew me by my first name because they kept throwing me out so much. <laughs> like Fred, yeah, you're in here mean, again. <laughs> just imagine a store that would sell bongs. Spencer's used to be the. Yeah. They would sell sex toys too. Yeah. Then it became like a novelty, novelty shop, but no, in the beginning, yeah. Then it became yeah. a cost shop, and that's when it all went to shit. Yeah. Oh, I love that. What the hell is he breathing in? <laughs> all that smoke. I don't know. That's great. His claw comes out and just grabs him by the shoulder. It looks painful. Oh, that looks so painful. My dad used to do that to me when he was pissed at me when I was a kid. Grab me right there in my like my um neck and like pinch it. So I know what that feels like. <laughs> Now, this is a cool death. Because if he would have just shot him on a rocket and he died, that would have been lame. But electrocuting him like that, and it's extended, too. Look at his face. (laughs) That screeching he's making. Well, they always got to have the big explosions in the 3D movie, you know. Yeah. I remember you um, record shops used to look like explosion. this. You can see pretty halfway decent 3D. Yeah. yeah. 
This reminds me of a record shop that used to be on a highway near me. Their walls were painted black, and they had all, like, just piping and shit going up the walls and, you know, neon lights and shit. The cool it didn't last shop long, I but it was a cool to. shop. One wall had Frank Zappa from 200 Motels painted on it. The other one had oh. Bob Marley from Uprising painted on it. Well, this was like a punk rock shop back then. So it, it had to look all like it post-industrial. Nice. No, nah, mine was just dirty and smelled bad and... Well, it smelled like paint, and, and like, like you could smell, like, the piping and shit. It was cool. It was just, like, it didn't smell bad. It was just, like, it just very yeah, industrial looking. I miss the little raunchy record shops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, this is definitely something that a rock I'm going to the theaters and seeing movies like this. The ones where oh, they just didn't give a fuck about cleaning it. Yeah, that used to be one in Elizabeth near me. You used to walk down the aisle, and your feet would literally stick to the floor. I went to one where I actually you... seen somebody, the bottom of somebody's shoe that got ripped off. It was like a Nike. <laughs> it was like the bottom of the That's shoe, funny. the rubber, was ripped off and stuck to the floor. And you and you better made sure you looked at the seat before you sat down. Because you, you didn't look. You were going to sit in something. It wasn't either vomit. Well, yeah, it was that bad because it was closing three yeah. days after we went there. They didn't even have the snack bar open. They just had this uh. old, grizzled, dirty, hairy-looking motherfucker with a magnum and a holster on his chest selling drinks out of a <laughs> fucking cooler. And if you wanted pop popcorn or snacks, you'd walk next door, and they'd allow you to the fucking convenience store. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back. Just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, there was a cussing. The yeah, fuck's okay. the matter with you? All right, so they they did put one in there to get the the PG thirteen, I guess. <laughs> well, it wasn't a sexual fuck. No, yeah. Well, it's like That's I heard bizarre. one person say, it's okay to have, like one person, uh, a director said, it's okay to have penis in a film. You can't have angry penis, which means erect penis. You can't have an erect penis in a movie. Yeah. You can have a penis in it, but it's got to be all jiggly and jelloey and flaccid. You can say, fuck you, and it's all right. Yeah. But if I put I'm before it, I'm gonna. Yeah. Then you're in trouble. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm gonna fuck you. Oh, Eric's rating. <laughs> yep. Aw. That's a happy, friendly family ending. He's gonna adopt the dirty little scab girl off the planet. Wait till she turns 18 and. Oh, never mind. Uh, I'm I not hear even Chris Hansen knocking on the door already. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> yeah, you're going to come home one day. He's going to be sitting in your rocket chair <laughs> waiting for you. <laughs> Could we have a talk, Mr. Ronquillo? <laughs> <laughs> and the 3D ending. Yay! The end. <laughs> the adventures will continue. 
Yeah, I would have loved either sequel a prequel was sequel. because you really didn't see him die on screen. Yeah. Was going to be Space Hunter, The Return of Overdog. That would have been cool. That would have been great. No, this Barra definitely Puda. deserves a sequel, prequel, comic, whatever. Hell. <laughs> I wish Space Heavy Metal Thomas Comics would have fucking done. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, this movie, I mean, they got a lot of um a lot of big names in it. Oh, that's actually shocking. And most of them went on to do television. Like I said, Robocop, fucking, you know, Forever Night, you know, Quantum Leap, like you know, and Art Christian director. television shows. <laughs> Christian uh Ten Commandment cartoons. What the hell, dude? <laughs> I guess he really needed the money. It was like, I mean, look out at all these Canadian names. Sir, uh, Ron yeah. Oberlix. Roderick yeah. Curdy. A Don lot of these Car- became uh, uh, Reitman's regular crew once he moved over to the United States. Okay, Ken Chang, Robert Joyce, and Dale Martin. Thank you for the visual. Yeah. Thank you for the beautiful landscapes you gave me. And most people forget that Michael Ironstein was a Canadian actor before. Well, yeah, he I was, mean, Scanners. Uh, what? He did Scanners. That's a Canadian film. Yeah, he did a lot of Canadian work before yeah. he came over here. Oh, wow, Model Maker. See, I'm looking at all the people that did special effects now. Yeah, Model Maker. Major Painter. Nice. Pyrotechnic. Yeah. Special Optical Effects. Image 3. Holy shit. Image 3. They were famous back then for yeah, doing, like, low-budget films. Yeah, this wasn't a low-budget movie, no matter how much it looked. Yeah. Well, it, no, it didn't look like a low-budget movie. <laughs> no, but, I mean, it was, but it, it looked great. Image 3, yeah, okay, I heard of it. I knew them. Yeah, so, so yeah, they I'm could take money and artists. spend it. Nowadays, they would spend a million, they would spend $4 million make it look like oh. a $1 million movie. There you go. Uh, makeup effects, Rob Berman. There you go. That's why the creatures look so cool. Rob Berman. Rob Berman. Yeah. yeah. There Have you, you go. got to see Turbo Special Kid thing. yet? No, because the copy I wanted um, sold out. Now I can't find it for under $150. You mean the still book is out of print? Yes. Everything's out. It's out of print. I wanted the one with uh, everything in it, the the um, art cards, everything. That's the one I want. Oh, I got I mean, the I'm gonna... still book version. I don't, know if, I don't think it has the art cards, but it's cool as shit. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm I'm probably going to end up just getting a copy of it, but there is a limited edition that I've been hunt, trying to hunt down. If Columbia we do get it, we need to get that because it's got everything you love: gore, Michael Ironside, yeah. uh, everybody yeah, rides no, on mean, BMX bikes. I, I read enough about it to know that I'm already in love with the film without even seeing the film. <laughs> Oh, I actually this got to see the Knoxville Horror Fest. I was like, yay, Turbo Kid. 
<laughs> I'm glad we did this one. This one was fun. I, I I was hoping we could do this one. This was like one of my favorites from the 80s, from like that period in the 80s. <laughs> well, we love these, all these low-budget Mad Max rip-off type, Mad Max copies and all that. And like this one had everything, Star Wars, Mad Max, Mutants, Cyborgs. Raiders of Lost Ark. <laughs> Yeah, he had everything. You know, threw in a lot of imagery from Heavy Metal Magazine. So, I mean, it's it's almost a perfect film for, for like, a visual person. You know, if you but love yeah, art, if you love sci-fi. They spent so much on 3D, which costed a lot of the box office. And plus, they re-released yeah. it the week before Star Wars. I mean, Empire, yeah. Return of the Jedi. Return, yeah. But yeah, I want to see I mean, there it, were like six people in the theater. Ugh. Yeah, I, I see what they were going for, though. They were trying to get, like you said, they were trying to piggyback on Return of the Jedi. Like, here's a sci-fi film to prep you for a return. But everybody was so amped up for return, it got kind of lost in the shuffle. Yeah. I don't think it's such a show. When I went to see Return of the Jedi, it was at 5 o'clock. I was like, when we got there, we got up to the box office. Took us like 40 minutes. The 6 o'clock was sold out. Okay, what's next? The 7 o'clock is sold out. Okay, what's next? The 9 o'clock is sold out. Okay, what's next? The 9.30 sold out. Okay, what's next? The midnight is sold out. And the day after. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't. it was sold out maybe four days in advance, so we was like, screw it, let's go see something else. Yeah. Which, I mean, probably gave it any box office that it did get was people that couldn't get into Jedi went to see this. They were like, ah, fuck it, let's see the other sci-fi film. But now it's a cult classic. Like, it survived. So, thankfully, it didn't disappear. We've Many seen films. It. We've seen it on HBO. They're, they're, that's what we call them, HBO yeah. classics. Movies that didn't do that good in the theater or did good in the theater, but goddamn, did they really blow up on HBO? Like uh, uh, Buckaroo Banzai, Beastmaster, definitely. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, Buckaroo has always been a cult favorite of mine. Even when I first saw it, I was like, this movie is fucking awesome. <laughs> I love everything about that. If you can ever track it down, there. you need to get the tie in novel version. Yeah, no, that, that that shit's, like, hard to find, though. I mean, I'm sure I, I can find it on eBay or something. I gave something. my copy away. Ugh, bad move. <laughs> no, the guy that loved I mean, it, has, it explains what the watermelon is. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, he I, was I, testing right. brainwaves. <laughs> See if the see if the watermelon had brainwave activity. <laughs> That's funny. I would have never. It thought even of that. has Orson Welles in it. Oh, yeah, because the whole tie into um, uh, War of the Worlds, yeah. Yeah, and, and at the end of the book, there is a letter from Orson Welles' lawyer asking Buckaroo Banzai and the Banzai Institute 
to cease and desist all activities linking Mr. Yeah. Wells to this incident. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. It just fills in yeah. a lot of details. Yeah, no, uh, tie-in novels are pretty cool. It's just like finding the time to actually read a whole book anymore for me. Like I said, I got yeah. home from work yesterday and slept 11 hours straight. And yeah. today I just I basically laid in bed. I used to have a honey hole, the... but that honey hole's been found out, and it's harder than hell to get anything good from it anymore. Ugh, yeah. Like I got the original 70s of Return the Planet of the Apes, Run, Run. Phase four tie-in novel. You're a big novel reader. I read. I read well, mostly I just collect. <laughs> I just collect the movie tie-in yeah. stuff just because it's cool. Especially ones I know that has material that they cut out of the movie, like uh, Friday right. the Thirteenth Part Six. Yeah. The, what was it? The whole father and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And Friday the 13th Part 3 with Jason Anal Rapist. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they left that movie because I just... Oh, no, it was a great line. Did he hurt you? I, I, no, I wasn't hurt, but my ass hurt for a week afterwards. That's in the book? Yes. <laughs> I just can't see Jason Voorhees raping anyone. That just kind of ruins it for me. Yeah, but not only is he a rapist, he likes the booty. Yeah. He's your backdoor lover, your backdoor man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could could do without that part. I'm I'm happy he just, like, assaulted her and and she she didn't die. Leave it at that. I don't want a sexual Jason. I like Jason as the innocent, retarded child, you know, who's just killing for revenge of his mother. I don't Jason. know. I just think it's funny of all the things they could have Jason like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jason's going to anally rape some woman, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could do it out with that. <laughs> yeah, Jason, like, Jason, what? If you go to prison? Yeah. You can take man, girl, boys that look like men and uh, anally assault them all the time. I'm going to jail. <laughs> yeah, he turned himself in. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> nah, yeah, doing my innocent Jason. It's, it's as good as I remember it, and I remember just having a blast with it back then. I was kind of disappointed Jedi, but this one just damn. Well, I would have definitely been happy to see this if I didn't get to see Jedi. So. I mean, there was another accident like that that I had. I couldn't get into Day of the Dead the first time. Like, when Day of the Dead came out, I went to um, what was called the Amboy Theater here in New Jersey, which was a big, which was a huge multiplex. They would not let me in to see Day of the Dead because I was under 18. So I ended up seeing uh, Ghoulies. Was it Ghoulies? No. What else was out in 85? Oh, um, no, I saw Return of the Living Dead a second time. So, and then I left that, saw part of another film, 
It was like a really, because they wouldn't let me in the CJA dead. I was mad. So I saw Return of Living Dead again. It I was my it second was time ghoulies. seeing it. And, yeah, okay, so it was Ghoulies. So I saw Ghoulies, because that was out in 85, I think, at that time, right? Yeah. So I remember seeing around that same time the, a group of films. So it was Ghoulies, okay. So I saw Ghoulies. They let me in to see that, but they wouldn't let me in to see Day of the Dead, which was weird. I what think because Day of the Dead had the whole... Mis- what was that? What the fuck is wrong with you? Anybody worth their medal or punk rocker would have bought the ticket to watch Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. And then walked over to the theater with Day of the Dead. <laughs> well, no, they had guards. The Amboy's Theaters was like one of these big, big multiplexes that had people walking up and down checking tickets. If you, they saw you in the, uh, in the, uh, it was like whole, long corridors. I also saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre three there, like later. But um, like if you if you they saw really, you like if you went to the back. All the kids who seen uh, not Dawn of the Dead, who they strictly enforced the mm-hmm. Day of the Dead. That was another reason its box office was fucked. Yeah. Yeah, no, but they would check you. Like if they saw, especially a young person walking. You know, by himself with like a ticket. Cause my parents just like dropped me off. They didn't give a fuck. And you know, they they would be like, "Let me see your ticket," and you'd have to show them your ticket stub, and they'd be like, "Your theater's over there," because they had people stationed like up and down. You know, and if you went to the bathroom and were going back, if you didn't go right to the bathroom and right back to your theater, they would ask you where you're going. They were like, that, "Which is why it was, why I didn't go it, was it was a little two theater." If you had a pool table in the fucking lobby, they didn't give a fuck. Yeah, no, this, this theater had like ten theaters in it, and I'm talking full size screens. Like it was huge. I'm talking full size. It was size like down. Too. Yeah, but this place but, was yeah, fucking. It we'll was like see a mall. You next time. We don't know what we're gonna do, but we'll pull a surprise out of our pants as usual. Yeah. Oh, can I just add one little tidbit of information? Oh, go ahead. So years later. Years later, if you watch um, Bachelor Party, there is a scene where they're sitting in a theater watching a 3D space movie that looks very much like Space Hunter. So if you're, next time you're watching Bachelor Party, pay attention to that because they're watching a space movie in 3D. That's how big this film was. That's how big the whole space 3D thing was. Well, years was later, like Bachelor Party threw Bachelor in. Bachelor Party, if you remember. What was that? Ivan Reitman produced Bachelor Party. Oh, all right. There you go. So, <laughs> there you go. It all ties together. Yeah. Anyway, it you were going to say, we don't know what we're doing next. It's like some beautiful circle, man. <laughs> beautiful circle jerk. <laughs> yeah. And tomorrow night, me and Vicky are going to be watching Rocket Man, the Elton John movie. Which is better than you would think, Fred. Okay. I mean, it I was never a big like jump, what if It's filmed in the tone of a Ken Russell musical. Oh, all right. That makes it interesting. Yeah. I'll have to tune in for that one. And good night, everybody. 
Next time, let's get our old business out of the way. Let's do Joker. Let's just get the old business out of the way. Oh. All right, we'll do Joker again next time. That'll be great. Yeah, yeah we got to we got to fix Joker that one. Screwed it up last time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that broke my heart. Like I never felt so like disappointed in an episode we did. You know, it was going really well. Then someone had to shit shit and piss on our parade. Yeah. So sorry about that, people. And we're gonna do Joker that. right. And with that, good night, everybody. Good night.